Operative Podcast. I'm your host, Charles F. Moore on the third. With me today, very special guest, multidisciplinary artist, MC, truther, and all around dope person, Jugal Raj Pajari. Yeah. <laughs> you said it pretty good. <laughs> I'm a white dude from Kentucky. I'm a redneck. I don't know if you don't understand what yeah, rednecks yeah, are, but yeah. I did pretty good for a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into this, man. Uh, yeah. We're in your art studio now. Tell us where we're at and uh, tell us a little bit about your art. Yes, this is my studio. Um, uh, this concept, it's called a Kathmandu Art House, the place. And the concept is, uh, it's like a walk-in gallery and workspace for artists like me. So we'll be working here so people can come up and meet us and talk to us and like maybe like book an appointment if they want to work together or something. And buy uh, some stuff, right? And buy some stuff, definitely. <laughs> That's where we're going at. Like, if you're lucky yeah, enough, you can buy some stuff. Buy some stuff. Everybody, everything's getting sold out pretty soon, so you yeah. better hurry up, yeah. You doing good? I like <laughs> yeah, that, because yeah. I'm jealous of, because there's some dope pieces here. Dope pieces, like, definitely, super dope. Definitely. And wait, there's like at least, there's over a dozen in this room, right? And then I've seen yeah. some all around the campus. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in Mona too, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. Museum of yeah. Nepali Art. That's, yeah. Huge shout out to them because I've been there a couple times and it's... Dope place, yeah. It's the best place in Nepal. And yeah. to be honest, I bet a bunch of people are pissed because every other... Museum, museum, yeah. I've been to in Nepal. So called, yep. Kind of sucks. Sucks. <laughs> and I'll go. Ahead, we'll go ahead and start with this. Like, yeah. I was always under the impression, you know, there's all that stuff online. Like, oh, return these uh, pieces of art back to the people. And yeah. I was always like, yeah, of course, get of course. this art back to the countries that it was made. Yeah. And then after going to see how they take care of it, like, I know you're from Bhaktapur. Yes. I've been to the yes. Bhaktapur yes. Museum. Yes. It was horrendous. Horrendous, definitely. You're talking like beautiful pieces that are very old, very historic, and yeah. the window's wide open and there's pigeons flying in. 100%, yeah. There's no temperature control. Yeah. Everything's wilty and drying up, and you yes. talk to them about it, and yes. they look at you like you're crazy. Crazy, yeah. That's Nepal, man. Like, I mean, you know, like, that's third world where we come from. Like, things around here doesn't really go, like, as it's supposed to. But, like, this museum has done a pretty good job in, like, preserving things. The temperature is all controlled and, like, it's, like, everything. Like, even, like, for artists, it's, it's good to see their pieces being so well taken care of. And, like, um, if you sell it, even if you have money, even if you're, like, paying a lot of things, there's no price for art. And then if, when you see someone, like, cheating your art like it should be cheated then then you are happy with it and that's what makes you feel content i think it's a great addition to nepali art scene mona and like they're doing a great job especially like when people like nepali artists like you've been around like the art scene we were together hanging out and a lot of stuff around town that's happening bubbling stuff there's a lot of talented young artists and like painters and like musicians and stuff but there hasn't been a hub for stuff. So I personally, what I feel is like, Nepali artists, especially the young ones, are sort of like intimidated when like, um, a foreigner comes in and like, you know, like when a foreigner comes in to play or like to a foreigner artist come in to like mentor them. And I think they are a bit intimidated and there's like, oh, this Nepali, there's a trend in Tamsikhel Tamil that like, okay, a foreigner is coming and like, oh, everybody's like, wow, 
like a foreigner is playing. But every other Nepali dude do, do, does the same fucking shit, except for Charles, you know? Yeah, like, no, you no, do no, some no. crazy no, no. shit. I know, I, we, we, we play together. But like, the thing is, the, the entire purpose of me telling this is like, why Mona? Because they promote Nepali people. They promote Nepali arts. And they artists. do it right. They give they it the it respect right. it yes, deserves. Respect, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying about yeah. these other places. It's yeah. like, they have some crazy dope pieces, pieces. but they're not going to be around much longer with Definitely. the way they're taken care of. Definitely. And you go there and it's museum quality. Quality, That's, too. that's the adjective. Museum yeah. quality. quality. It's yeah. a term. Yeah. It's well lit. Like, yeah. it's uh, taken care of. The humidity is perfect. That stuff's yeah. going to be... Yeah. It doesn't have a... Like an inch of dust on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way it should be because. Should be true. Nepali art is yeah. crazy good. It's a crazy long history. Yeah, yeah. And so much of it is like just uh, withering away. And yeah. I hate to see it. Yeah. And I, you're Nawari, right? Nawari, that's So, like, you have an even longer history, history of art, definitely, right? Definitely. Like, Bhaktapur. Besides the museum of Bhaktapur, there was just some crazy, like the the wood. You go in basements and there's just yeah. all kinds of old wood sculptures. True, true, and true, then true. Yeah, they definitely do the best job of taking care of the temples, from what I've seen. Definitely, it's the best. I think more than Kathmandu apart, and Bhaktapur does a good job preserving these things. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would like to see a trend of that more. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm glad that they're not only doing old stuff, they're doing contemporary, contemporary art, because your stuff is obviously very contemporary. New, yeah, yes, yes. And uh, I, I feel like also what you're saying, like a foreigner comes in, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're allowed to do yeah, contemporary yeah, yeah. stuff and yeah. get love for it, but there's already a lot going on here. Yeah, just definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think like for youth, I think it's important to like, realize their potential and not just be intimidated by something uh, by a foreign entity that just comes in as a mentor but what I noticed in this small art scene street scene as I've been around before this place I was around all over the place in the street art scene and then I realized that this sort of like this foreign exchange sort of like um, it doesn't help the young artists but it creates instill a sort of a fear that you are not enough and which is uh, makes them feel like a little less than someone. But I've like I've some gigs that there's people coming from UK, Belgium, all this stuff. There's good people as well, and some of them are just buying followers, like 10,000 followers. They have 20 likes, and people are intimidated by them. Like it's by crazy. Bots. They're intimidated by exactly. Bots, yeah. It's crazy to see these young people. These talents are intimidated by, and they are DJing. There's not a good DJ, but still they're like. Oh, it's a foreigner playing there and it's like it's so heartbreaking to see this you know but like after I've joined this place I think like we have a pretty good hub for like all sort of arts it's welcome here anybody can join it's no exclusive stuff it's all inclusive everybody's included you know we're going on a journey to like take Nepali arts to international level and I think we're pretty much doing a good job here yeah I agree like I've been all over I used to tour the US yeah. I've been to Europe like the street art scene could be fucking huge here. Yeah. Like there's some dope yeah. artists. Dope, like dope, dope, we dope. met at Vidro, which Vidro. is like an art lab. R.I.P. R.I.P. Vidro, because yeah. that shit was fire while fire, I was open. Fire, fire. And that's where I met some of the coolest people. People like us. Yeah. My, my boy, 
Ruckus, man. MC Ruckus MC here. MC Ruckus, you know the drill. <laughs> and uh, I mean, there's some dope art there and some yes. dope artists just yes. like hanging out and like very low key. Very low key, yes. And that's yes. what I like. Uh, uh, that's what I do like about the Nepali art scene is it's not as egotistical. Like you go to New York, it's a lot less talent, talent. a lot of bot followers, bot followers yeah. a lot of people that are only in it because their daddy got money, money their mommy yeah, got money, yeah, yeah, their yeah. auntie owns a yeah, gallery, yeah, gallery type gallery stuff. Shit, yeah. They got no yeah. love for it, they're doing it to be cool, cool. they're not doing it for yeah. the love or whatever. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, if someone wants to get into Nepali like street art, like Nepali yes. modern art, yes. besides yourself, yeah. who's, some, who's some fire people to shout out? Right uh, contemporaries, okay, my contemporaries would be Arnav, Arnav Man Singh. Uh, actually, before me, this was oh, his dope. his dope, right? Yeah. And he it was his studio, oh, cool. and he's moving. He's a very good friend of mine, and he's moving to UK to study art. So I'm like, that's that's crazy. Like I think like something's big's gonna come after that, and maybe Jubin Jubin Dital is uh, he's young as same as us. Um, he's doing his styles more like collages and figures and figurative abstract stuff. Okay. He has like his studio upstairs. Uh, maybe in this sort of genre, I think like these two peoples are more prominent in my life and my in my circle. I think yes. Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about more about your art because yeah. I'm super impressed. I was here setting up before you got here, just like sitting in here vibing out. Yeah. And your art definitely has a very unique feel to it. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I had to categorize it with my very limited art knowledge, I'm, you know, I'm a redneck. <laughs> I love art, I love going to museums, but I'm not, like, I didn't go to art school, none of that. It's got, like, a Basquiat meets Picasso meets, like, this AI art. Okay. And the reason I say the AI art thing is because, like, uh, I've been messing with it for some of my music videos yeah. and album covers, and... I know it's like blowing up on the internet and most of it's wacky shit. Yeah, yeah. But there is some crazy like dream quality to it where you're, you're looking at someone's hand yeah. and it turns into a mouth and it yeah, turns yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that, that shit's crazy. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? The texture and everything. It seems like almost like a dream. Like, you know, you just remember a blurry memory sort of like vibe to it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying your stuff has because I'll be looking at an eye. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's like a lotus. And then like, oh, it's oh, like yeah. flowing into this. Like, and then there's another yeah, face yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. And it's got that same thing going in real time Definitely. out of like a real person's hand and a real person's. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let's say you got a blank canvas because I mean, yeah. you come in here and you go crazy all night. Yeah. What gets you started on a blank canvas? Blank canvas. So the, the, I think the actual, uh, my technique, I say it to like people, I was talking about it yesterday as well, like what's your technique? There's a couple of theater students who visited me and then we're talking about what is your technique to create art? Because like there's a lot of uh, painters, artists, some of my friends, uh, like they say that they always need a muse to start a canvas. They always need an inspiration, a muse, a sort of like something needs to hit, but I think that's not in my case. Um, this few techniques that always makes me feel like I don't have the blockage, you know, like I can give me a canvas, I can just do whatever I want and like complete it. Like, you know, like it's not going to look like an incomplete state. So I wish I knew that because yeah. artist block sometimes getting started is the hardest part for most artist artists. Artist block, I man. I, I had like the huge artist block when I was MCing. Like it's like, it, it sucks. 
But like I think the case is like when you're having fun making, creating it and it doesn't hold a pressure on you to create a masterpiece every time you pick up the pen or like take the brush, then it's always fun and games and at that time it's the purest of art emerges, I guess. But for me, like my technique would be, there's something called automatism and uh, it's usually like trying to make sense of like this chaotic things around us. So if there's a blank canvas and like this is my technique. I hold a pe paintbrush or a pen or whatever I have, a charcoal, whatever. Like I usually experiment with a lot of mediums. It's not just one thing that's specific. You're like whatever I have, I just, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> so like when, if I have a charcoal, then this technique is like, I'm trying to be not as much conscious as possible because I put the charcoal in the canvas I know this from point A to the B, it's gonna go from point A to the B, the first line that I'm gonna draw. Then it's gonna go from point A to the C, a B to the C. So as soon as I know that the, that the, that the line is gonna land on B, I do B spontaneous and make it go to the C. So you know what I mean? So it's not about like, not having any intention behind making an art. Like this technique is actually that makes, gets me going. So my, my brush is going from E to the B. It's okay, it's gonna land in the BC. Okay, it's gonna land in the DE. So this way I scribble and shit and all this thing is creates and chaos. And as the Carl Jung said it, there's always a hidden meaning in disorder. Every disorder, there might be a secret order. And this is the thing that I look up to, like that this is the thing that I try to see in this chaos. It's like all lines, 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 lines. I try to see what do I see now? Like how, how do I make sense of this chaos? There's always a secret hidden order in this disorder. So like I try to make sense of it. I take a step back, contemplate, and then try to make it into something. But the thing is the actually abstraction People think abstraction has uh, no intention behind it and general public think that abstraction is just a random painting and then you make sense of it, whatever you make sense of it, you make sense of it. But I think the true abstraction is actually communicating to your hidden uh, layers of your mind, like subconscious and conscious and what they're actually trying to see. And after this, like this technique, ABC, like you, if you disrupt the cycle, predictability, then I think you are in tune with the layers of the mind that you're not like conscious about. So it creates a disorder and when you try to make sense of this order, this symbols and I try after I finish this painting, I look at the painting, why did I draw the mouth like that? Why is there lotus? Why is there like what's actually the meaning, what's actually the hidden meaning, what's the layers behind all of the symbols that emerges in my canvas without my intention. And people think, uh, abstract art, okay, I'll make this building abstract. They look at the building, try to like construct it, deconstruct it, try to make a figure, and this is abstract. I don't think that's an abstract art. Abstract art is actually like communicating with your subconscious and actually try to uh, bring this, what's hidden inside of you, in the depths of you, and in canvas. And they say there has no intention, but I think like, every unintended things and artwork that's created, it has a, some sort of divine intention. So, yeah, that's what the abstraction's about. Divine intention, I divine like that intention. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I was talking about this on my last podcast. Yeah. That's what I feel like most 
things most art these days is missing that is divine intention. intention yeah. People are so egotistical. They yes. like let's go back to bot bot likes. <laughs> they all want to be they all want to be cool with it. They're doing yeah. it to be cool. Yeah. And when you talk about the Carl Jung thing, yeah. like uh, there's also the subconscious. What about the unus mundus? You know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you tapping into that at all? Like, are you tapping into everybody's got this one mind? Mind, yeah, collective consciousness sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that relates to the divine intention? Definitely, it relates. I think they both goes parallel. Like, it's like a huge turbulence, water body uh, turbulence inside the ocean. It's like flowing with ideas and concept and stuff. And you just don't, you just dive into it, you touch it, just the surface, and just randomly pick one and bring it back to the canvas. And you don't know, but it's there, it's not yours. It just flowed through you, you're just a vehicle for it, but just, it's there in the universe, you're just tapping into the same frequency and just getting one. And it's not my job to like decipher the meaning for it. I'm just a vehicle. I'm just like putting it in the canvas for everybody to see. And that's how I see it. Yeah. I, I feel that. That's why I'm probably like vibe with it real bad. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably why I vibe with you on like a, yeah. a musical level, level too. Because well, yes, that's yeah. definitely how I approach music. That's how I approach yeah. anything I, I consider art. You know? Oh, definitely, definitely. So I see a lot of your stuff as. Would you call them portraits? I mean, they're obviously got some, a lot of faces uh, elements yeah, in it. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people, yeah. are, they, are they portraits? Uh, I had a series called Peculiar Portraits. So the portraits are like not the usual portraits, like some uh, distorted perception of reality through the faces, like how the movement Cubism started. Picasso popularized a style called Cubism. So he, what he did was he basically boiled down human faces into cubes and cylinders. So just the cubes and cylinders, he tried to figure, see cubes and cylinders in every aspect and every dimension of a human face. And it sort of got evolved into something called synthesis, uh, synthetic cubism. Um, and the, what he did, George Brock and Picasso did, was called uh, analytical cubism. And now it's synthetic cubism. And it evolved into a style, synthetic cubism, it's like a 2D surface where uh, there's, 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 it's all about perspective and dimension. So when you see my face from this angle, uh, what we try to portray is like, uh, you see from left, right, up, down, front, all in a 2D surface in the same portrait, you know? So, so this sort of like um, represent dimensions. And I think this has inspired, synthetic cubism has also inspired my style a lot. So there's a lot of faces and dimensions and like spaces um, in my painting. So yes. So it's multi-dimensional. Yeah, sort of, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't really get into is uh, knowing that there's, there's definitely more dimensions out there. I mean, it's not just a 3D world. Yeah. I mean, there's 4D, there's yeah. 5D, and once you're in the 5D, you can yeah. see the 4D just as we see a, a 2D thing. Yeah. You yeah. can understand it. Yeah. But you're not gonna like if you're in the 3D, mm. it's hard to see the 4D. It's yeah. hard to see the 5D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and unless you're on psychedelics or uh, other uh, spiritual access points, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not really gonna understand <laughs> that because it's yeah. not. Um, it's not a conscious thing. Conscious thing. Once yeah. again, like a subconscious, you're not going to really get there unless you are deep in the subconscious yeah. and you still don't understand it. I understand it, yes. So I also see you like to incorporate 
some of your poetry, some of the, like some Dad, lines in there. So let's talk about that a little bit, because yeah. besides being a dope, dope painter, yes, you're also a sick MC. MC, yeah. We work together. We yeah. did jam. We have a project together. Project Akupara Peeps. You know, you gotta check that shit out. Yeah, let's but, talk about yeah. that a little bit. Like, so uh, yeah. the name of our uh, collaborative project yeah. with the homeboy Kieran Shahi on drums. Yep. Uh, drummer extraordinaire, shout out to Kieran. Kieran I'm gonna get him on yes. the podcast too. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is Project Occupara? Um, initially, like when we thought about it, like Kieran and me, we were hanging out. As we, you know the story. We already told you, but I actually don't know the story because, like, it was one of those things. Is like yeah. I played shows here in Kathmandu. I don't really know people because I'm not yeah. a very social person, person which is yeah. probably the wrong person to have a podcast. <laughs> I'm not very outgoing. Yeah. I'm more of an introvert. I like to work on my music. I yeah. like to work on my like visual stuff. stuff yes. But uh, I played some shows at uh, Vidro once again. Yep. I met Shout you out. there. Yeah. And I think we talked a little bit then, but then randomly, uh, and actually, Kieran jammed with me at Putali Bar. Yeah, yeah, I saw Randomly that. one time because yeah. I played with his other band, Realized Beings. Yes, yes. So I knew both y'all, but like we weren't like super tight. Yeah. And you guys hit me up uh, on Instagram. Yeah. And said you're coming to town, let's do some shows. Yeah. And it was like right about the time where I'm like, man, nobody in Nepal feels my shit at all. I'm like, <laughs> way too weird for all these dudes. All of my boys came to see your show at Vidro. Like, we were like excited. Ten of us like came and sat in the back slid, like drinking beers. Okay, this is the first time we got to hear a true analog shit happening in Kathmandu. Like, that's, you know? that's, that's great to hear because, like I said, yeah. from my perspective, I'm like, man, nobody gets this shit. Like, yeah. I'm too weird. And I'm to a point where I used to do music professionally when I was in my 20s. Yeah. I'm in my late 30s now, yeah, and I just yeah. started doing music again when I moved yeah. to Nepal because yes. I didn't have a job, yeah. and I could just do whatever I wanted. Want, uh, so now I do music for me. Mm -hmm. I do music for the, you know, for the gods. I just do music that makes me happy, happy. and it's like a spiritual workshop for me. Yes. So I don't expect most people to get it, and like yeah. honestly, I don't give a fuck. Fuck, exactly. But at the same time, I, it'd be nice to make some, do some shows, make a little bit of money every once in a while, and when you do a show, yeah. some I clap or something. Yes. But I, I'm not getting that much in the fall. Like yeah, most people yeah, don't yeah. even want to book me. If they do book me, I feel like they regret it. <laughs> so like that. Thank you for saying that you and your boys liked it. Of came. course, we were like we came all the way. Like we met up before and we came all together to see your show the first time in the Bidro. That was a dope show with awesome. all the visuals and like. Yeah, the, I did yeah, all yeah, a bunch I of weird video that, for yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, you hit me up and you were coming to Polkara where I lived yeah. for three years. We're in Kathmandu now. It's where you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, you guys booked three shows. You had better, easier time booking shows there than me that lived there for three years. <laughs> and <laughs> we did three improv shows. Yeah. And I had so much fun, man. Like, that, was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> they were all three really different, three yeah. completely different type of bars. Yeah. Uh, how do you approach doing music? Like, yes, yes. What's your... Um, I mean, a lot of stuff's freestyle, right? Yeah, no, what we did in Pokhara was completely improvisation. There's completely some like written poetry sort of stuff there, but like most of it was like freestyle and it was just, um, how do you call it? It's just random bunch of words put together, so, so it's pleasing for the ears. That's how I would say. I'm like, I don't know, like, what's the style? It's just a bunch of words jumbled up and put together. Might be nonsensical. People might find meaning on it, but I don't know. It's up to them. <laughs> I mean, I went back through it and edited it to put it on my YouTube channel, yeah. which you can watch if you want. Yeah. Uh, 
I felt a lot of meeting in it. Like, I was vibing to a lot of it. And that's yeah. why, like, we don't really know each other that well. well that, that, but yeah. I already feel like we're homeboys. Because a lot that, of you shit, yeah. you're saying, I'm like, man, this yeah. guy is either reading the same books I'm so, reading or something. Because yeah. uh, he's tapping into a lot of what I think. But I'm yeah. not a lyricist, so I, I never put it out there. Yeah. And uh, it definitely, I grew up with the rave scene in the U.S. Yes. Particularly drum and bass. One of my first like uh, video jobs was yeah. uh, drum and bass TV. I didn't really like the owner. He was a crackhead. <laughs> but I got to go to a bunch of like the yeah. dopest DJs, yeah. get into the parties, and I was there videotaping. Yeah. And I just love drum and bass. And kind of what you're talking about, the way you MC, that's how a, a good drum and bass MC is. Would be. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. want to go to a drum and bass, uh, you know, it's all about the DJ. Yeah. If an MC's sitting there spitting bars the entire time, yeah, just yeah. like, yo, here's my lyrical prowess, like just going off, like oh, yeah. it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. But if they're sitting there uh, accentuating the DJ, DJ yeah. and uh, you know just like getting the crowd, the crowd hype, yeah, 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 and then sometimes putting in a few a bars few that are like at the perfect so point, yeah. that's what's good, you good, know. Right. So you definitely had that vibe going, and then yeah. you also had uh, like my, I don't like hip hop now. Yeah. I'm totally out of it. Out of I don't. I don't. There's not too many MCs that come out or rap songs out. I hear that I'm. Yeah. I vibe with anymore, except for yeah. uh, the new Black Thought, uh, Ooh, Danger Mouse. Yeah, album. yeah, Danger. But that that's back to my like favorite era of hip hop, underground hip hop, positive hip hop, mm. like where the beats were fire, yeah. sampling fire right. stuff, exactly. you know, Dilla beats, like, yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. So like, what do you think? Uh, you don't know, like, what do you think of the Nepali hip hop scene? Is there like a scene uh, here? I know, wait a minute, isn't the mayor of Kathmandu like a, a hip hop artist? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, he started out as a hip hop artist. Um, What's his name? Balin? Balin, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, he was in the first, like, uh, Battle League of Nepal or something. And then. So he's like a battle rapper. Battle rapper at that. He has a couple of songs. Like, he has, like, a couple of cringy, like, commercial, <laughs> very cringy commercial songs as well. So let's not has, talk about him. He has, some, he has some, like, political good message songs as well. Like, he's a good writer. Like, for that, I give him. In Nepali, he's a good writer. For a few songs, are good. Um, but yes, like, for hip hop to have that much influence in, like, Nepali society, it's crazy to see. But like I usually don't associate myself with the hip hop um, community here. Um, like, like while growing up, like usually most of the time, like I am around the community, the music community. Uh, I vibe with the jazz community, punk community, metal community, and like mostly electronic music as well. Like I'm all over the place I think like but the one thing is being in hip hop artist never gelled up with the hip hop community because I don't know like this this much uh, I, I think there's like a lack of substance it's like uh, repetitive stuff happening around and like everybody's talking about the same few there's really good young MCs few of them is, I'm not saying there's nothing there's a lot of talent there but 95% of the MCs are just whack, you know, like you can, you gotta, you, you gotta say it, like you gotta say it when you gotta say it, it does what it does, man, like you do it because it does what it does, so the, that's a black thought line, you, I did what I did because it does what it does. <laughs> no, and, like and I think that goes back to why I say I don't, I'm not up on hip hop anymore, because yeah. for me it fell off. 
For me, it, there's, it goes back to it's just egotistical. It's just about looking cool. Sort of stuff. It's yeah. surface level. It's actually yeah. below surface level, yeah. like, and not in a good way. Uh, it's like somewhat like breaks my heart. Like what, like I could relate this with 1984, the novel, because like that's a, you you know that they're always writing a new dictionary, new speak and stuff. They're like trying to reduce our vocabulary before the rap used to be like ah oh, when the rock came and shit. They're talking some metaphysical intertwined dimensions and shit, and then all of a sudden now there's that bitches and hoes. I got the coke. Cocoa knows and put more every other song song sounds like the same shit. I think they're reducing our vocabulary so our thoughts like not going as far as we want it to be and it's not thought provoking and that doesn't sell and trying to put instill people in their minds that it's not gonna sell. So why are gonna why are we gonna make this shit? And they don't put like much thoughts on like making a song it's not an art anymore rap is like rhythm and poetry there's no rhythm there's no poetry so it's not rap anymore you know <laughs> yeah i hate trap beats yeah, like yeah. everyone's rapping over trap or uh, drills Drill like the popular shit. thing now yeah, and it's yeah. i mean anybody can download that's the sample pack yeah. that comes with your program you got for yeah, free yeah, yeah and like not saying that you can't make some dope shit, shit with yeah, some yeah. free programs yeah like uh, what we we're talking about, Danger Mouse. He still uses yeah, Fruity Loops. Exactly. He does some dope shit he with Fruity Loops. He does some dope shit with some free. But most of these people so. are taking sample packs and mm. just rearranging them and not even doing that hardly. It's just Splice. loops. <laughs> yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. And then yeah. like, talk about the lowest vibrational content you can think of and like you said it's kind of brainwashing that's hip-hop at the moment i know what you're saying and that goes right with tiktok too yeah. like uh if it doesn't hit in the first 10 seconds people yeah. turn it off i don't think i got a song that starts 10 seconds i yeah. got weird intros everywhere yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly i knew you start <laughs> you're so weird shit you're into some weird shit but that's what i like i think that's what art people are i think used to making contents nowadays content, rather than art. Sure. yeah so what's the difference between content and art? Is there any kind of medium or I don't know? I think content is just to grab your attention in the first 10 seconds. That's the intention behind making content. I think like you just, okay, what's gonna grab content? Okay, let me wear a bra and then I think that's that's the thing that gonna catch his eye and then, and maybe art is like just what we described, the abstraction and stuff. You try diff experiment in daily basis, try dedicate your life on like trying to figure out to do something new in a presented in a like completely new perspective. Uh, because as Nas said it, like there's nothing new under the sun. And like, you know, like with this, the materials will be reused. Like one thing by music, when you hit it, feel no pain, that, that line has been used for like thousands of songs. But every time someone like, taps into that philosophy, resonates with it, present it in a way that no one does it except for you, you know? Yeah, and speaking yeah. of dead prez, they're the yeah. only ones that made a rap song about yeah. eating healthy. Exactly. That's the only rap. <laughs> I played that for my wife who's a vegan chef, yeah, and she yeah. loves it. It's on her Instagram constantly now. Yeah. She don't know who dead prez is. Yeah, like, yeah. But that album, yeah. that was when I was in high school. That's uh, how old I am. Yeah, so that yeah. album, Get Free, came out in high school. Yeah. That is a banging, banging album. fucking album. Every song is just like, you know, and as a white dude, they're talking shit about white people the whole time, yeah. but I feel them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> True. nothing they say is yeah. wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and the same white people they got a problem with are the same yeah. white people I got a problem with. I yeah. don't have a problem yeah. with anybody exactly. in general, exactly. general yeah. but the people they got a problem with, same people I got a problem, problem with. with so right? I exactly. vibe with them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to get their community uh. 
healthy, get their community thinking, get their community reading. Reading. So yeah. anything that's positive, I'm, I'm all about. I'm you know? down for it. Yeah. I think there is actually, Charles, you sort of told me like, you sort of like um, hip hop disappointed you at this time. It's really hard. I feel your perspective, but I think there are a couple of dope conscious MCs like putting like huge amount of knowledge like in their songs at right Dilla, now. Right now, give it to um, me. Who's hot right now? I think the conscious Kirino, the Atlanta, uh, not Atlanta. He's a he's a legend from uh, Southside, a South Park uh, coalition. He has a group South SPC South Park coalition. Uh, Kirino, he's about 50 years old, he's an OG OG and like he has about, his discography is about like 100 albums. One time he really, he has the Guinness World Record of releasing like the most album in one day, seven albums. All fire. I think when you're over at my house, you played one of his tracks. One of his songs. And right, he's yeah. just like going off. It's almost like reading a, a book, a book or, something. or something. Cause yeah. he's just spitting knowledge. Nah, knowledge it all yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're like, man, yeah. I gotta look all this stuff up. Oh, I gotta yeah, go back yeah. to my it's, Duck Duck Go and check like out this, some this stuff. This style, I think like not much people know about it. Like no hip hop head. And I think I've met know about it. Like, his style is mostly like reading a book. He tells a like surreal story, a fiction about something, and that he kills that character. And okay, he has a victory. And next album, the villain comes in again in a song. You know, like he has some creative way of making a song. And he's super conscious about like eating healthy and stuff. He spits knowledge about like all this stuff that's darker shit of Hollywood and stuff is happening. He's exposing all this stuff. So it's interesting, Kirino. Uh, maybe. UK hip hop like Akala, Logic, and like Loki, these guys are so conscious with their knowledge, very sharp, and like um, it's it's nice to see, you know, like someone like Loki, someone like Loki, he wanted to be independent all his life, no record label or nothing, and he managed to sell like a million copies of his first album just by hands, just by respect. People bought million copies of his album without record label. I think that's the first time that even us as independent artists, we had this guts to, okay, we can do this shit. Like, you know, if we... I don't know why anybody would be on a record label these days. Like, yeah, it seems kind of pointless. Pointless like, Okay, I'm gonna give up 50% of my yeah, 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 money. Yeah. And but they're, I think they're this, not even gonna sign you unless yeah. you're already popular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this was like about, 10, 15 years ago, so like, you know. Yeah, like, that was kind of the first wave of Yes, 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 yes. Gave everybody else hope. Hope, yes. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you want to get weird with it? I mean, we're uh, about half an hour in. I, I think the bots quit listening. Like, I, think I, I constantly have these thoughts, you know, like, a uh, couple of my shirt, I paint on my shirt, and I like write these radical messages. I wrote like something like "Death to algorithm, produce individuality," because all of y'all individuals think that uh, all of y'all individuals think that you're original, but like you're not really original. You know, you just your thoughts has been like came from an algorithm. Your algorithm has been in, implanting the thoughts for you, and you think you have individuality, you have an originality. But uh, yeah, I, it was like sort of a message. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I talked to this on my last podcast. Yeah. Since social media has come out, uh, everybody is homogenized. Yeah. They think they're different because you might be in your little clique or whatever, but whatever. everybody's getting the same content. content. I mean, yeah. It's weird because it's an individualized, they're getting like the, your feed exactly for you. Yeah. But you're just like, you know, out of these. 
10 demographics, you know, it's like yeah. you're a goth kid or you're a punk kid or yeah, like yeah. you're left wing, you're right wing and they give you exactly this thing and then everybody's getting that same yeah. feed you, just right? to piss you off and everybody's making the same content. Yeah. And I call it a, a TikTok brain. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I you like see these term, kids yeah. like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that again, like TikTok brain, yeah, straight up. Straight up. <laughs> I go to like, I went to a temple, I'm staying my Mepi temple right now. Mepi, yeah. Beautiful temple. Yes. The music in the morning's annoying. The, uh, the woman does the singing in the morning, she's not on key. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. not on key, she's horrible. But uh, <laughs> you go up there and there's all these kids yeah. and it's just sitting there bringing in the energy and it's enjoying it. Yeah. They're doing TikTok dances. Okay. Like, why are you going to go to a temple, temple a spiritual place, yeah. and TikTok dance? And yeah. it's not just little kids. I see, like, grown-ass women doing it. Definitely. <laughs> it's all over. It's mine's has been infested, like, all ages right now, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you know how, like, uh, do you know the whole TikTok story with uh, uh, the company and everything? No, like, enlighten me. Well, it's a company that... Uh, they're owned by the CCP, just like every company every there is. Company. And it's yeah. like Doujing, I think is the name of it, in uh, China. Yeah. So uh, I have some friends that live in China. Actually, most of them got kicked out. Yeah. But if you go onto the TikTok app in China, it's all promoting uh, pro-China stuff, so, uh, science, science. Uh, being good to your parents, you know, being a good person, mm. bettering yourself, mm. all that. You go look at it in America, you look at it here in Nepal, it's a bunch of hood rat shit. Yeah. Just like sexuality, just low vibration, vibration making, you, so making you dumb. Dumb, exactly. And that's why I call it TikTok brain, because it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, making yeah, yeah. you, it's all the social justice stuff that doesn't really make any sense or mm. obviously has an agenda to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why any country, I mean, I know governments suck at everything, Yeah. but like, why wouldn't you ban that app? Because it's, it's literally making the children just dumb. Dumb, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's, I think it's all like Western capitalistic mindset that we all inherited. Like this globalization of an glamorous American dream sort of stuff. So everything that you do, every intention, it's nothing pure. It's just like how to make money, profit and loss. So like that's, that's what wins in this realm that we're living at this moment, I think. And that's... I think the same mindset, like they're trying to deteriorate this creative forces from people, our youth, and just, just feed them like all this information. Okay, life, an ideal life should be like this. You see this TikTok model with their like face titties and like butts and shit, and like all of them like crave this shit. It's just like horrendous to look at these people and like how like humanity has shaped into something that's so plasticky. I don't know, like... I think deteriorate is the perfect word perfect for it. It's deteriorating yeah. society. society yeah. And it's doing deteriorating individuals, yeah. deteriorating art. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And I think it's on purpose, like you said. I think it, it, it does have a Western thing, but yeah. I think it's also the CCP capitalizing on that. Yes, And yes, using it, yeah. like, blasting it to the fullest. Fullest, yeah. Because yeah. they're definitely making lots of money off of it. Mm. And if you look... At society, I mean, it's like a new form of colonialism. It's like a brain 100%, tumor. It's like a it's like brain mental, disease. mental colonialism. Colonialism, hundred percent. It's Fifth mental generation colonization. Warfare. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. This is this is the 
World War Four, we're talking about the war against your consciousness. You know, like they're, they're planning to like make you a factory worker. That's that's what they want. They're planning to make you a robot with no free thought. And there's a certain things that you can think of, and there's certain ideas you can't go near to. You know, like this. You, there's no freedom of mind and like freedom of thought in this like era I think and that's what goes around like school system makes you hate books after you're done with school like you know like um, music mainstream music kills the actual art of making music and like Michael Jackson has and Prince has and card holding Sony kills the music and you know like all this corporation wants us to make wear tie and stuff and I think the whole narration of rags to riches and like this this story that everybody wants to tell I have nothing and then I am in I have a million dollars now and right now in a car you know this rags to riches sort of narration and a sort of like a um, slum dog millionaire sort of narration everybody is clinging into that like narration and the American dream sort of narration because but there are other stories be original I think that's that's my message there's other stories there's other things that you can do and you don't have to wear a tie and uh, be slave to a corporation and what's what's in tie like I mean you were tied to the system it doesn't make you feel good you know like you just choked the hell out of it I was thinking like last time I was with my like school reunion and all of my friends like you know they're like suited, suited up and ties and stuff I'm the only one who's an artist being funky as hell having tattoos and shit I was just being there like that and like I was just thinking to myself that all of these guys wear tie but what's the entire purpose of tie wearing a tie it's called a fucking tie like you're, it's, you're you've been conditioned to like you know like wear your handcuffs by yourselves you know in sort of a way and like it's a tie actually tied to something so like the words and this 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 actual meanings is like truth in plain sight, you know. And while growing up, we like sort of like learn to look the other way and like not look at the truth because it's uncomfortable. I agree with you fully. Mm. And uh, when you talk about value, like everyone's trying to gain more social value, yeah. more uh, you know currency value, like currency, more money, yeah, like yeah, bigger yeah. houses, nicer cars, Christ. and they're losing. The true value in life, you know, like yes. actual Deeper uh, meaning, yeah. love, you know, spirituality, Deeper. like community, yes. all that stuff. And it's, uh, I've worked a corporate job. Yes. You're absolutely right. right. Yeah. They want to get you tied in there. Yeah. They want you stuck. Yeah. Like, I've, I got a corporate job after I quit doing music. Mm. Uh, I got, like... So it was like a slow, slippery slope of doing video work, commercials and commercials. stuff like that, and video production. Um, and they get you a point where, oh, cool, I got health insurance. I've never had health insurance. Yeah. If you, okay. if I quit this job, yeah. you're not gonna have health insurance anymore. <laughs> and you, you work all day and you don't have any kind of, uh, you, you can't express yourself. After you work a eight hour day, which if yeah. I, I worked way more than eight hour day because I'm yeah. just trying to get ahead. Uh, yeah. You have no energy for actual art, okay. let alone like you don't. Your mind doesn't even work that way. Hundred percent. Even if you're doing like I was doing a creative work, yeah. big air quotes on creative work, yeah. and yes. it was not creative at all. At all. It I just like it. drains Draining, all your creative right? work. And then so you gotta buy more stuff to like oh well Upgrade now it. I gotta get a nicer apartment because I'm making this money. And I feel like and I see this all the time too. And it happened to me. Yeah. You make more money. 
You're still broke. You just adjust your lifestyle. Yes. You just level up your lifestyle. You're still broke. Broke, yeah. And some people get in so heavy that you're in debt. Yeah. Crazy debt. I know the U.S. pushes heavy, heavy debt. Yeah. And back to, like, the value thing, Mm -hmm. what I see here in Nepal is, like, uh, all these people have this dope land out Mm -hmm. in these villages. Like, you go outside of Kathmandu. Yes. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's paradise. Paradise. I don't spend any time in Kathmandu because I don't really like it. If I wanted to see, I've lived in America. I lived in Atlanta forever. Forever, I'm over big cities. Yes. But, like, uh, you know, people have these dope lands in these villages and they don't see the value in it. Yeah. They have, like, all this land and they want to come to Kathmandu to work crappy jobs to make a few bucks. Or even worse, they want to go to Qatar and be treated like slaves Shit. and i've talked to yeah. some of these brothers in some of these villages when i'm going hiking and stuff and they're like yeah i just got back from Qatar." they explained some of the situation i'm like dude how are you gonna let someone treat oh you like God. that yeah you got all of this like yes. i understand you want money or whatever but like i know how much the land's worth here you got money exactly what, what do you need this like, this is for? the i think the victim mindset that they have created for them like i remember like um my in my family there used to be a um, there was one of our brothers like community members who worked as a driver for my family and he was a millionaire but he still worked as a driver for us i don't know why he has this like huge amount of lands and then it's worth millions you know like and like and, and, and like what the fuck he's working as a driver and he's going to his like okay like He's, he wants to farm. If it's that's passion, passionate to farming, then that's that's cool. You can use the land. Then I asked him a couple of times, and why are you working as a driver? Why are you working for others? And like, why still you're a fucking millionaire? You're a fucking millionaire, bro. Like you have like this huge seamless amount of land. And they say, ah, oh, my ancestors would be sad if I sell this land. That's what represents us, and like, that's like. I'd rather have a simple, like, you know, like, I'd rather work for someone else because I don't know how to do business and stuff, so I'm... This is the mindset that they create, the fear and the insecurities create this mindset while they're still trapped in the system, you know? And they and they have to go to Qatar and might, might lose their life for someone else for building a stadium or a building or some shit. And not only that, just, like, you lose your self-respect. Like, respect, yeah. the way I've heard that they treat them, no. man, I ain't let nobody treat me like that, bro. Exactly. Like, exactly. not for no dollars. Yeah. Like, word, word, especially yeah. when, like you said, yeah. they got this land, and, like, someone like me, like, I'm a, I'm a broke dude from Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. If I had land like that, that you do crazy I would never, shit. Yeah, I, I would never leave that. I'd be good. Yeah. That's that's my goal in life is to get some land like that. Yeah. Build a cool crib. Yeah. And farm. Chill, take forever. care of my family. Yeah. Make art and like just like you know take care of your family and like work from home when you want to work when you don't want to work you just chill you know like that's that's how life's gonna supposed to be actually like you don't have to take all of this stress until your hairs are gray and like you're 50 and like what do I have like nothing but a bunch of money dude you're not fucking rich you just got money this is the thing that people don't understand you know and to yeah. to what to buy some like I see the stuff people buy yeah. it's like crappy stuff from China crappy stuff from India like I'm sorry the Nepali stuff is way better better yeah Uh, the 
you guys got everything. You're selling electricity to mm -hmm. India. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. these people are like stealing all your all's resources. Y'all yeah, yeah. got everything you need. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the people is the biggest resource. Yes. Like, why are you taking your biggest resource and putting it to these people that are, don't care about you? Like I said, yeah. I'm convinced this TikTok thing yeah. is a psyop from China, China. to degrade everybody's culture, culture and degrade yeah. just people in general yeah, yeah, so yeah. they can take advantage of them. Look yeah, what they're yeah. doing to their own people with yeah. like locking them into these their houses. Cages, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking like, um, there's like this this entire concept of you have to be a billionaire in order to help people like you know what i mean like it doesn't exist like the people think that how would i help someone else i don't have enough to eat you have like ten thousand dollars salary per month and you're still talking about the struggle story doesn't make sense i work so hard to put like buy you a louis bag like come on like i mean like you don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to be the other side of the fence to help the other side. You know, this entire psyop thing that people have created and, um, and mindset for people. Like, I think like you have to be one with the people to help the people. You have to be with the people, one with the people to help people. As Jay-Z said, like, you have to be a billionaire to help the poor. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like, you're building this uh, billion dollar rocket to go to the moon and then you can use the same technology to like throw food in Africa. You see, still see babies dying with hunger. Like, this is chaotic, you know, like the entire thing. That's where we're heading humanity. I try to talk with a lot of my friends about this actually. And then what they say is like, humanities, they find comfort in this like, you know, purposeless life. And like, I think that's what they robbed us from us, our life force, a purpose, you know? Yes, and, purpose. And yeah, the, the whole narration, the mainstream narration of like, uh, we exist in random things. Like it's just rock and water in a ball spinning around and shit and this entire space. And we just have to be here randomly. It sort of creates like in like a purposeless life. But I do think there is a purpose. There's something we need to unlock in this matrix or some shit that we can see through all of this bullshit. I think both of us, we see through bullshit, a lot of bullshit that's happening around us, you know. So like this, that's, I think this is the state, like the capitalistic mind, um, just a profit loss, like a calculator sort of mind is that just, you have to be a billionaire to help the poor. And, and let's keep it real, none of these billionaires are actually helping, helping anybody. The exactly. They spend billions of dollars for PR yeah. to say they're helping the people so yeah. they don't get shot. Shot, yeah. Or like, Bill Gates get pied, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, look at before he, he bought all the health organizations. Yeah. All his philanthropy is to yeah. buy yeah. people. And even WHO, all that stuff, all yeah. these three-letter things, all these yeah. uh, NGOs. Yeah. That's all bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. It's all money laundering, money laundering PR, yeah, yeah. and 100%, more control. 100%, 100%. And they even like, in interviews, oh, we own the science. Don't get me wrong. I think science <laughs> is cool as shit. Yeah, true. 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 Science. Science. Yeah. True science. True science. Where you're questioning everything. Everything, yeah. That is the point of science. Yeah. If a scientist is telling you not to, point, not to question them, yeah. they're not scientists. Scientist, yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm not uh, a Vedic, uh, like, 
Yeah. Bob or nothing. Yeah. But I've read enough of the betas and yeah. I've read enough of it to know yeah, yeah. that they're on some other shit. Yeah. Science is catching up to the betas. Exactly, 100%. The occult knowledge is much more denser than science, I think. Alchemy, Alchemy yes. the hermetic principles, hermetic principles, all that stuff yes, yes. explains stuff way before science. science. Science is catching up and like, yeah. oh, well, science says this. Well, guess what? This was already written in books thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, definitely. Yeah. So catch up with it. Yeah. Even geometry, like I was watching a, a video on Vedic geometry mm. and these dudes had pi and all this stuff figured out Way with back. a string. Yeah. They had a string. string. Okay. And they could make all these dope Vedic uh, temples Temp and yeah. all these uh, dope uh, like fire things to like do their uh, rituals, rituals with yeah. a string. string yeah. And we're talking perfect geometry Richie. that they say the Greeks figured out. Figured out. When no. uh, they had that thousands of years ago with a string. String, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think like this, this civilizations and stuff like this, couple of things, they, like the entire purpose for like the science to be like, it's like so non-questioning nowadays. You can't question something, you know. Like, and I think like that's that's not okay. Like, like this this the entire the the purpose of science is now that like just look around us. Like, how many of our friends are inventors? None. Like that's what says what's happening in the society. How many of our friends are innovators, inventors, and like there's none because they don't teach in school to become an inventor like they don't teach in school how to actually think they don't yeah, think, teach critical thinking thinking yeah. the people who get the highest in school yeah. are people that are good at memorizing stuff and people that can sit and not, and be quiet all day yeah, and not get in trouble not question not question that's what they, they teach. don't want people who actually think and question yeah. stuff and yeah. get into trouble i'm sorry yeah. you're supposed to get into trouble how are you supposed to figure stuff out stuff out yeah and like science, you're not supposed to question science. I question everything I think. I don't yeah. believe the same thing I think yesterday. Yes, yes. And there's no problem with that. That's okay. not being a hypocrite. Yeah. I don't agree with things I said yeah. last podcast probably. Yeah. 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 Because guess what? I'm still learning every yes. day. If I'm not learning, what it was a wasted day. No purpose. Yeah. So you should question yourself. You should question other people. You should question definitely your government. Government. Yeah has not looking out for you. Corporations are not looking, <laughs> looking out for, out for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, no one's inventing these days and the people that do invent get railroaded. Ripped off. Yeah. They get their stuff ripped off. They're yeah. poor. I mean, look at Nikola Tesla. Tesla That's like definitely. The, the most famous thing. Dude died poor in a relationship with some pigeons. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he, they came in and stole all his papers. Yeah, all he did was try to provide free energy to entire world and like that's something utopian, you know? Like the, his ideas were too like conflicting the the core like I don't know how do we call this mindset, like this entire thing they're trying to make. But I think they're doing monopoly on like everything like monopoly of information monopoly of like property they've even done monopoly of food like seeds they patented seeds and shit like i don't know what kind of world we live in like like sometimes i have this insecurity that uh, i need to collect more books i need to collect more books because it might not be available in the future this absolutely I, I, like, that's why they're pushing all this digital digital digitalization has yeah like if if a book is a pdf then anybody can manipulate 
the book for like in another next 50 years. It happens in real time, just like you said, 1984. His job was to go back in time and change headlines, which they do now on a daily basis. This guy, Winston, I think, if I remember it correctly, he's the current day fact checker, you know. Thing like, I had this insecurity that I need to collect more books. It's sort of like a fiction Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury. It's like also dystopian fiction and like they burn books and it's illegal to like own books, like sort of created a fear in me that I need to keep my information pure, I need to be ready, you know, like when, when there's a war in information, I think that's now, this oh, war about information, yeah. Because you can't uh, publish a book if you have a certain view on stuff. Stuff, exactly. A lot of, uh, if you say the wrong thing, yeah. you're, you're just canceled. Yeah. Uh, they'll debank you and stuff. Now. Yeah. Uh, talking <laughs> yeah. about sci-fi, uh, yeah. are you a big Philip K. Dick fan? Philip K. Dick, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like my number one. Homie. Number one, right? If yeah. like, if I joined some crazy religion, it would have to be a religion based Philip on Philip K. K. Dick. <laughs> isn't like, wait a minute, is it Electric Sheep Dream? Yeah, Android that was the big one that came to Electric Blade Sheep. Blade yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I know a couple of his concepts, but I'm not like, I've not read the book by itself. But yeah, Dude, this guy him. is yeah. crazy. Yeah, like cool. the more you read up on him, yeah. he he got super religious in his late days. Mm. Okay. He was a super speed freak, like, but. He was so broke, uh, he had to you know, write these books and yeah. short stories and sell them super fast. So they were like, like we were talking about the divine, Yeah. he would just channel stuff. Channel stuff through it, yeah. And there's yeah, a crazy yeah. story which uh, was in that movie Waking Life. Wow, you know, yeah. you seen that movie? one of my favorite. Yeah. yeah, so he tells us that story in there where uh, he had a uh, Flow My Tears, The Policeman, yeah, yeah, that yeah. book. Okay. He apparently wrote it just like that, channeling and stuff. Channeling stuff, yeah. And he came back later and uh, he met somebody on the side of the road mm. and he was like, well, this, this is like in my book. Yeah. And like meets more people and talks to them and she's like, he's like, this is also the same story that was mm, in my book. Interesting. And it freaks them out. Yeah. So he talks to a, uh, a priest. Yeah. And the priest tells him, dude, that's the book of Acts. And that's before he was religious. I know this, know about it. Yes, 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 yes. Someone already wrote the book a couple of hundred years ago, like word by word. Yeah, the in the Bible. It's a story in the it's, Bible. It's a channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so after that, he became some crazy uh, uh, Christian where he believed that, like, there's like necromancers in the time of Christ. Okay. <laughs> and that this whole world is like illusion, like a whole simulation theory. Yeah, yeah, vibe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that they just want you to, to live in the simulation to not know what's going on what's right going now. On. And he thought we we're in the time of Romans. Okay. <laughs> but like yeah. his books, like a lot of his it's books crazy, yeah. have like weird plot twists like that. Uh, and they're all yeah. very, he called like, Besides that, in his own personal life, mm -hmm. the way corporations act right now, mm -hmm. he called all this shit. How corporations and government become the same thing Dang, and just yeah. control life. And there's one where uh, the guy, they basically just like, this guy loses his whole identity in one night. Uh. They debank him, he doesn't exist anymore, he's not anywhere. Ah, uh, that's, that's happening soon. Like, that's definitely. Everything in his books happens. And then he's got a. Uh, there's one Ubik where uh, basically they're keeping people alive 
that are dead and they're like keeping their brains alive. You know, that's consciousness transplantation. That's that's no. I think that's the next technology that's gonna come after AI, UI, uploaded intelligence. I think like people's gonna upload the consciousness in um, in a device or something. I think but the rich people are already happening. Poor people, no, like no, no, yeah. poor people, they're gonna tell you do that and you're just dead. Dead, yeah. <laughs> but entire, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's. Looking at all this stuff, I think we do live in a simulation. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely uh, so much makes chaos. a lot of sense on a lot of, lot of different aspects. levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you talk about hermetic principles, principles, yeah. Uh, everything you believe in manifests yeah. itself. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. if you believe something different, yeah, yeah, that's the world you live in. Live in, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And beliefs are like very powerful, I guess. Like people know know about it. Like your thoughts, your intentions are so powerful that. Um, like even like it's now mainstream like a lot of like uh, girls want to like, be like law of attraction law of attraction like whatever say you speak as it is you know like abracadabra you speak as you create all these things are real like because words are not unintentional words always has hidden meaning and i think like even the words spell right spelling and cursive writing it's the that's the reason it's called spelling it's just the reason it's called cursive writing because it's allowed us to like cast a spell that's why it's called broadcasting the program in television you know like there's a lot of things that's happening in the words itself but we choose not to see it because it's in front of us you know like these are the words are meant to cast spells and like this entire things of like from occult or religious texts like hermetic principles all of these things the guy these guys are talking about the same thing actually all these religions, all these motives, all these metaphors, they're talking about the same shit. There's this deeper truth of living, this this spiritual truth towards like where we are and there's a purpose for you guys to actually live your life in a way, you know, like there's there's a purpose. So that's that's I think that's the purpose we are we are being robbed of of our purpose and we're just like randomly lost in this entirety. Yeah. I agree, and I feel like it goes back to what we were talking about with manipulation yeah. of language and everything, sure. and just manipulations of people's thoughts. Yeah. They've taken these old books and old knowledge, knowledge. and they've translated it. Yeah. And they've manipulated language and how language works Yikes. to, like you said, put a spell on people to people, where yeah. the concepts mean completely different, different. than what they should should actually are should yeah 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 yeah. so i'm just now learning nepali my wife's nepali i should have learned it a long time ago but I'm, <laughs> you know i'm old now and, and language late. language is hard <laughs> the older you get yeah. and uh you know it's based on sanskrit, sanskrit yes. which is one of the older aryan languages mm -hmm. but like yes. aryan is like the original language and yeah. everything's kind of passed down from that like, yeah yeah um, do you speak Sanskrit? Do you understand Sanskrit? Uh, Sanskrit, a couple of words are very similar. Yeah, yeah, my my name is Sanskrit word. Okay. Jugal. Jugal is means coalition, like merging of two entities, and also a pair. So that's that's it's a Sanskrit word. Jugal is not Nepali, mm -hmm. and a uh, lot of like Nepal, Sanskrit word is derived from uh, Nepal is derived from Sanskrit. So yeah, very similar. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of things. Yeah. Do you feel like there's more energy? Because I know mm. when when you rap a lot of times, you do some Nepali, you do mm. some English. Yes. Do you feel like when you rap in Nepali, mm. it has a like a deeper meaning or a deeper influence on people? Hundred mm, percent. Because English 
I rap about the same stuff in English and same stuff in Nepali. My content, my message is always the same. And um, like a lot of things we talked about today, I talk about it like in my raps and my, in my lyrics and stuff. But in Nepali, like, it's like um, I don't use slangs and stuff as you noticed in my raps. And in Nepali, I think it connects with people easily, like Nepali people. English, they get lost if I start using heavy words and stuff. In Nepali, I use heavy words sometimes. And my Nepali raps are also like, I have a huge lexicon. And I was like, I started, I wrote my first Nepali rap is about like three years ago or something because like, you know, like, I didn't have no background in Nepali because I, I went to a boarding school and like everything was English and like and when we when someone was doing good in Nepali wanted to learn more of Nepali we were considered the oh, uncool kids you know so really, <laughs> really? <laughs> so if, if you did good in Nepali then you are the uncool person you have to be like the good in English then you are cool you know while in primary school so I never was good in Nepali I sort of like uh, uh, learned Nepali like few years ago like sort of like okay I'm, I'm Nepali man that's the thing that makes me authentic and then I started reading a lot of Nepali literature and like poetry and stuff and it's like huge man these guys were talking about Freudian concepts and 80s and stuff Nepali writers I didn't know about it like there's so many things happening and then I slowly uh, started gathering my abominations, my words and the stuff, you know, <laughs> and then started like, I wrote my first rap and then the, when you rap in Nepali, there's definitely a connection to your own soil, you know, and with your people and it feels like you're rapping for your people, it feels like you have a message, you're being the voice of your people and that's, and that's, that's I think, more powerful than like um, rapping in English. Rapping in English, I can, but there's so many things that you can't do in Nepali, that you can do in English. English has our entire like lexicon, it's lost, like you can't, if you, what's the word for computer is Nepali, there's no word for computer in Nepali, there's no word for like, I don't know, this like camera in Nepali, or like there's no word for like uh, photosynthesis in Nepali, you know what I mean, like there's no words, if you like, Search in Google what's like a photosynthesis in Nepali is like photosynthesis. You know, like they just add like a bit of a Nepali <laughs> yeah, yeah. accent to it, and that's it. And we speak like half English, half Nepali all the time to explain these concepts and stuff. But like I think there is, there is. They has like robbed us of our language as well. Like they want everybody to speak the same language all over the world, and like. We have this language, it's hidden, there is, but now you can't find it in internet. Yeah. You can't, See, it's, it's very internet, limited. Yeah. It's, I, I had a huge hard time to like learn to make Nepali poetic, you know, like it was... Well, I mean, even the definitions of English words are changing day to day. Day to day, day. yeah, yes, Like yes. you go look up a word and you're like, whoa, that's not, that's not what the I, definition of no, it. Yes, like, this yes. is completely changed. Different, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I agree with you. I think there probably were words for it, you know, and like you said, uh, or I, Nepali is based on Sanskrit, which is based on old Aryan language. Yes, yes. So there probably were words for it in the, in the Vedic, because yeah, they're, they're yeah, still trying 100%. to translate that stuff. Yes, yes, it, yes. it doesn't translate. Translate, right? yes. And yes. the way translations work, yeah. I know how it is. It's like the telephone game. Yeah. You say this to one person, and they're going to put their own spin on they it, or it, their yeah. own perspective on it, yeah. and it's not going to be a real exactly translation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I see that problem with like, you know, Hinduism, I see that problem with yes. Christianity, yes. I see that problem with even uh, like uh, 
Muslims, you know, like yes. the Quran. There's so many different versions of the yes. Quran. Yes. And I think even the one that's mainly used in the Middle East is yes. uh, was translated by uh, some Catholic priest. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who made the Big Bang Theory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was invented by a Catholic priest. I yeah, just Jesuit that. priest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I'm pretty sure... Uh, you know, this could be totally wrong because I'm an idiot, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I've read that most of the versions of the Quran that are floating around were yeah. translated by Jesuits, you know what I'm saying? Jesuits, yeah. There's connection there, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's even a lot of people that think, uh, like, old uh, Europe was Arab, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Was, yeah, like, yeah, originally yeah. followers of the Quran. Okay. And that's what the whole, like, getting wiped out by the uh, Knights yeah, of the Templars yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a uh, crazy, crazy dude. This is probably the last one we'll talk about. Okay. But there's this crazy uh, Russian mathematician. Okay. Uh, Flamenco, I think. Flamenco, okay. Flamenco, like, kind of yeah. like flamenco guitar, but okay. flamenco. Okay. Uh, he wrote, like, this giant uh, series of books about how most of Western history is... Completely Come made along. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they added a thousand years, basically, yeah, 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 yeah. to try to make it seem like the Catholic Church and the Vatican and all that is older and yeah. more prestigious than it is. Yeah. When really they just like uh, yeah. stole a lot of stories and yeah. then repeated it. Yeah. Like I said, he was a mathematician. Yeah. So like he would like it took him like ten big huge volumes of books to explain it all. So I'm not going to explain it very well because yeah. also I'm an idiot. <laughs> but basically, like yeah. it mirrors out. So the same people are like kind of repeated, the same kind of things are repeated. Uh, okay. And so like, if you're saying like, okay, if uh, like something happened in 1666, like the fires of London and a bunch of weird stuff happened yes, in yes. 1666, 60s, yeah, yeah. it was actually the year 666. Yeah, 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 I get it. You know? Yeah, even like this is a lot of 66 symbolism and like a lot of things in science as well. Like, of, of, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 19. Yeah. Like 19 gets repeated over and over again. 42 is also, I think, a very prominent number. I have like this concept, like these numbers that we see and like these synchronicities that we talk about and stuff. So I think like if um, there's, there's like dimensions, we live in a 3D world, but in um, like we, we already know about this thought experiment if a like 3D object lands on a 2D surface and its existence is just like this circle, if this lands or here, it's just existence is just rectangle, they would never be able to figure out it's a phone, right? So like imagine if this going on like this, right? Uh, it's going on, this is a 2D, this is 3D, it's going on like this and it says, can maybe like yeah, exactly what I was saying. Like if you're in a 4D world, you can yeah. see all the 3D stuff, but you're never yeah, gonna be able to see. It, it goes on like this. No, no, it's not landed here, but it actually went through it. It went through it. Then it's gonna change, right? The the, the existence, the shape is gonna change. People is gonna think like, what is it that just landed? And then it's gonna disappear. Imagine the same stuff that's happening in 3D world with a 4D object like going through it and it's going to get bigger, 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 smaller, 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 bigger and we don't, we'll never figure out what it actually is and then it disappears. I think that's what's awakening, the, the grander awakening that's happening right now. There's an awakening going on in the consciousness and we see these numbers and stuff. This, I think, you, you know what I mean? Like this, I know what you mean, but yeah. if you want to talk about the number thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, I feel like it's the people that are creating a lot of these problems, yeah. whether they're some demons from another like 
dimension, fourth dimension, or something that wants humans to suffer, mm. they're obsessed with it. The so they use it over and over, over again. again. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying with this 19 thing. There's like, you look up a lot of these events and this 19 number gets used in the weirdest ways. And it's like so many like in distances and how many people died, mm. the year things happen, the day things happen, like all the way to Napoleon, way further back than that yeah. to modern yeah. stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. if you Google it, like you Google some crazy event that happens, mm. the word the number 19 is gonna be in there or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, I'm not a numerology guy. We're just I'm not real into it, yeah. but I think they're way into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They completely didn't know how to use these things, like the people who upper echelons and the people who's... And it's like code to other people, or yeah. like it's part of their code. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I'm not saying that the number 19 actually means anything, mm. but to them it does. Mm. So like, when we talked about before, if you believe something, yeah. it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna happen, you know? Yes, 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 or it's yes, gonna yes. manifest itself. Yes. And I think that even has to do with, uh, we were talking about this off camera before, but like ether. ether and yeah. that ties back into the Vedic knowledge yeah, yeah. where there's, you know, earth, wind, water, fire. Ether. Ether. Yes, there's definitely a fifth yes, element. Yes, yes. And the only people that are trying to tell you that there's not a fifth element mm. are the people that are trying to discover the fifth element. Fifth element, yeah. And we're not talking about Bruce Willis movie, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> With Chris Tucker. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Chris Tucker. <laughs> Chris Tucker, right? But I mean, I think that this ether thing, it's an ancient concept that you have to be just so dumb to not think that this exists in some way. Yeah, exactly. And the people that are telling you it doesn't exist are the people that are trying to use it for their own good. I agree. There's a lot of things hidden from us, like in plain sight, like completely. Man, this this is literally like the fourth time we've chatted, I think. Like, yes, yes. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like we we're instantly best friends. That's yeah, why yeah. when you called me to do some gigs, I was totally down. down that's why I started a podcast. Yeah. I knew you had to be at least number three as soon as I come to Kathmandu. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's wrap this up. Let's go. But okay. we're going to do some more. If it's not here, it's going to be online because right, I love chatting with you. Definitely. Let's tell the viewers where they can buy your art, where mm -hmm. they can check your music, yeah. and just how they can get in touch with you in general. Um, yes, so you can always come and visit me in Kathmandu Art House, Kathmandu Guest House in center of Thamel. Chat with me anytime. See my artworks, talk to me about concepts and things we talked about. And also, uh, we will have a few gigs while Charles is here. Uh, maybe in Jan, like we'll have a few stuff, so we'll let you guys know about it. And also, um, my music. I have a sort of like a free jazz band, you know about it. Revenge of the Invisibles, Roti. You can find it in YouTube. Shout out to Deepak. Deepak. Bass player, yeah, boys, that's my boy. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I have a hip hop project called Euphemistics with the Y. And very fire, check yeah, it out on yeah, YouTube. Euphemistics yeah. with a Y, it's on YouTube as well. So, I think that's about a project that I have. I'm currently working on my paintings and like reading shit. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. your boy Ruckus, it's a boy Ruckus on Instagram. You All know right. the drill, just yeah, you know where to find me now. So, yes, so definitely check my boy out. If you are a baller, come buy some art, and I'll be jealous, like because <laughs> it's super dope. Yeah. Uh, Charles of Mortal Third, check me out on Instagram. Yes. Check out the podcast, Enlightenment Operatives. Like, follow, subscribe. Uh, 
if you're a bot, you know, hook me up with a bunch <laughs> of stuff too. I know there's some bots watching. Yeah. But uh, thanks again. Check you next time. Yeah. Check out. Peace, boys. Here we are.